Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to another episode of the Two Point Conversion. Apologies for not having been with episodes the past couple of times with no gold, with nothing on Thursday and Friday. That's on me getting a little bit too, uh, you know, wrapped up in my final stuff and just, uh, yeah. Also, I really didn't want to talk about the games that were coming up. And this game was an example of one of them. And boy, did this game have reasons why I didn't want to talk about it. LSU came into this game not expected to do much. They, they did more than they were expected to do. That, that's, that's probably true, uh, but still could not get the job done. Falling to Georgia in the SEC Championship game 52-30 in a game that was um, bad. It was bad. This was not a good game. Uh, LSU maybe had a chance early and then squandered it. Like, maybe they had something, and then they blew it. Okay. Because, like, first of all, Jane Daniels played in the game. Uh, he was coming off, like, uh, lower leg. I believe it was, like, his ankle or something that was hurting or got hurt against A&M. And, uh, but he was feeling okay. Feeling pretty good. And then he got banged up in this game. And then it was over for him. And it was over for LSU. Because Jaden Daniels, when he's not 100% and he can't move, is not Jaden Daniels. He is not the quarterback that LSU needs him to be. He can't do the things that he's expected to do. And he cannot run the offense that he's expected to run. Because he needs to be able to be mobile in order to be effective. When he's not, the offense isn't effective. Like, let's be 100% honest about that. Uh, and let's uh, start, I guess, with the offense. Or maybe let's just go chronologically. How about we go chronologically? Let's do that. Because early in the game, things looked like they were going okay. Things looked kind of fine. You know, punted on the first drive. But... You know, we got a first down, and then we had to punt. Which is, that was a, that was something. That was a plus. And then we forced a three and out. And things were looking good. Especially when LSU went on this long drive. Seven, roughly seven minutes. Fourteen plays. And then LSU had to settle for a field goal. And you know what? That was fine. I was fine when we had to settle for a field goal. Because it was like, you know what? We got down there, the long drive, we may have stalled out, but we're going to get points out of this. Special teams reared its ugly head in the worst way possible on that one. One, the field goal got blocked. It got blocked bad. There was not good protection at all on that one. Just everything was bad. Okay. So it gets blocked. Normally, that's the end of it. That's the worst of it. We get zero points. The ball is live. A reminder, the ball is live. Now, I didn't realize the ball was live because Fubo glitched out for me and I didn't see this play live. If I had seen this play live, it would change a lot of the way I'm reacting to this. Instead, I have to react as if, oh, oh, that's what happened. Oh... Because you see, when it's a kick and it's blocked and it goes beyond the line of scrimmage, 
It's a live ball. It functions the same as a punt. Which nobody recognized except for one person on George's team who realized that the ball was, in fact, live and decided to pick it up and run it into the end zone for a touchdown. And nobody on LSU's team knew what to do in that moment. I, I'm pretty sure most people, the, I'm like legitimately sure that the only person was that guy. And not only that, that ball was close to being declared dead. Because if you watch it, that ball is sitting there. And if that ball comes to rest and no one makes an effort on it, it's work. it works the same as a punt. And it's downed there, where it would then be brought to the 20-yard line. Um, because that's how uh, field goals work. Um, but now nah, he picked it up and was like, I'm just going to go. And he did touchdown. Nobody knew the rule. Nobody knew what to do on that. That is inexcusable coaching. You didn't have a live ball drill. A team that has had an extra point blocked and a field goal blocked didn't have a live ball drill. Didn't know what to do when a field goal gets blocked and stays in the field of play. If you're wondering what you do in that situation, you go downfield and you get that ball and you down it. That is the traditional thing you do. Here's why you do that. It functions the same as a punt, except for the fact that the ball gets actually put at the 20-yard line because reasons. But that's what you do. Because the ball is live. That's what you're supposed to do in that situation. And if you're taught it, you do it. They were not taught to do that. That is a failure of the coaching staff. But then after that, uh, LSU went right back down and scored a touchdown. Just 52-yard touchdown to uh, Kayshawn Booty, who had his first touchdown since October. Yeah, that's, that's not a good thing. Uh... And it was a good play. It was a really good play. Uh, but then things kind of sort of spiraled. Uh, Georgia went down. They got a touchdown. And then Daniels threw a pick because ball got batted, uh, got broken up, bounced off of Jack Besh's helmet and got picked off because as if we didn't need things going, uh, as if, I'm sorry, as if things weren't already uh, screwed for LSU, the ball was bouncing Georgia's way. And that was the thing. LSU wasn't going to win this, but having dumb luck go against you isn't helping. And, uh, yeah, by, by halftime, it was 35-10. to 10. LSU somehow managed to get off a field goal at the buzzer, or, yeah, right, at, right before the half, which, yay, but things looked bad, and LSU looked completely out of it. Yes, LSU was outmatched. We kind of knew that going in. But it was really bad, and especially when Jaden Daniels re-aggravated his injury. And so, for the second half, they played Garrett Nussmeyer. That actually ended up not being the worst thing in the world. He ended up not screwing things up entirely. I was worried he was going to do a bunch of stupid things. And granted, it was pretty much garbage time the entire second half. But Nuss did some stuff. Like, thing I forget. 
thing that you will consistently forget is that you don't see him much. Dude throws a beautiful football. Dude can throw dimes. And he threw, like, some dimes in this one. His his first touchdown pass was an absolute beaut. That ball was perfect. He threw another deep pass. His final touchdown, that was really good. He uh, also threw a really stupid interception um, and had no pocket awareness on, I think it was a strip sack, and then there was another sack that he took. I think there was like another sack that he took. Yeah, the, the dude has problems. His problem is that he's insanely talented, but also has like poor awareness. He's a good quarterback. And he'd be even better if he had better awareness. If he threw fewer picks. If he wasn't the annoying gunslinger type. Gunslinger is a thing I personally, I'm not a fan of. It's why I actively say Brett Favre was not that good a quarterback because of the number of interceptions he threw. Like, yeah, he was a great quarterback. I'm not going to deny that. But his wanton disregard for throwing the football to his own team makes me really annoyed and makes me not think of him as highly. And I'm talking about just as a football player because his wanton disregard for other things makes me not really regard him as highly in other regards. Anyway, let's not talk about Brett Favre. Let's talk about this game. Um, What, what should I keep going on about? Because like, I don't know what to say about this. Because again, LSU wasn't supposed to be in this. The spread was 17 and a half. And we, didn't, we didn't cover. We almost backdoor covered. And I know spreads, they don't mean anything. But like, I will say this. One, defense got outmatched. Defense got outmatched. They attacked us using their tight ends. What a shock. Like, what's the best way to attack anyone? use your stupidly good tight ends. And that's exactly what Georgia did. They ran the ball at us really well. Like, we weren't stopping them. We weren't stopping them at all. They put up 50 points on us. Because for some reason, they went for two on their final touchdown to go from up 25 to up 27. I'm not going to get angry at Georgia for doing such a disrespectful thing, because honestly, props to ya, I am also that type of person. Like, I do not care for the other team. I I am. I, I 100% get the disrespect. Uh, speaking of disrespect, uh, Jalen Carter picking up Jaden Daniels with one arm. There were people on Twitter who were saying, that should be unsportsmanlike conduct. First of all, really? J- just because he picked him up after the sack? I've, I've seen that kind of stuff happen on normal plays. That that that's not unsportsmanlike conduct. He's picking him up. That happens. Number one. Number two, stop crying about it. You guys sound really, really butthurt over a dude doing something awesome. Cause number three, uh, it was really cool. Stop complaining. That was awesome. Please just look at that as how awesome it is. He picked up a dude with one hand with one arm. This is an awesome and cool flex. We should all be in wonder and amazement of this absolute unit. This God among men. 
doing things no mere mortal could do. Why did you give Atlas a football scholarship? Yeah. Um, the defense, yeah, they, they tried, but they got outmatched. There was a point, it was like, they got so badly outmatched, like, there was a point where Georgia sent in all of these substitutions, and it gives, and that means the defense has a chance to substitute, defense just sat out there, they just stood out there, because like, what are you supposed to do? We literally didn't have the guys for it, it's just like, uh, what do you want us to do? What do, you, what do you want us to tell you? Oh, I forgot to complain about something. I forgot to complain about a fourth and one. And I need to complain about it because some people actually genuinely thought, okay, one person genuinely thought, no, this makes sense. So it's not even fourth and one. It's fourth and like a foot. You need about a foot. For reasons beyond my comprehension, Nussmeyer's in the shotgun and they give a handoff. It is a shotgun handoff. Now, whether or not... So, first of all, it being in shotgun, less of an issue. Because it's a handoff. It doesn't matter if you're under center or in shotgun, it's still a handoff. The running back is still in the backfield. My issue is, you decided to do that instead of doing a QB sneak where all you need is about a foot. It is very difficult to defend a QB sneak. Because the amount of push you need to get the yard, I mean, to get the distance, you can get it. Get a guy behind Garrett Nussmeyer and have him push. This is a thing that you're allowed to do. You've been able to do this for over a decade. The Bush push was made legal. You can do this. It is, it's entirely possible it fails. I watched the American Athletic Conference Championship game. It was going on at the same time. And I think uh, UCF tried doing it. It was either UCF or Tulane because those are the only two teams playing in it. And they went for this rugby-style scrum play to try and pick up one yard, and it didn't work. And I get it. You have to go up against Jalen Carter, and you're going to try and get that penetration. But, like, try it? You are close to the line of scrimmage. If you take the snap from under center, all you have to do is go forward. You just have to fall forward. In that situation, what Georgia has to do is get more push and, like, be ready. Where once you get the ball, you just go underneath. You just burrow forward. They have to push you back. It is, I'm not saying we would have 100% gotten it, but it would have been much more likely than this than the play I think we called. Much more likely, I think, than the play we called. Like, the play we called, you had to get five yards, realistically, because you have to go from the spot of the handoff to about a foot from the line of scrimmage. Whereas, when you do the QB sneak, you go from right at the line, like under center, about a yard from the line, and you have to gain a yard. That is substantially easier to do. The math is pretty obvious. The, the physics are obvious here. I'm not saying you're going to get it, but I think it's easier. It's right there. Just try it. But instead, you do that, and you're in a situation where getting that first down, you could potentially get life. You might score a touchdown there. 
you could get back in the game. I know it was pretty much, we were not winning that game, but it would have been nice. But no. But I want to say this, and uh, I think I can wrap this up here. This is a team that showed a lot of fight this year. This is a team that came in with 25 guys on scholarship. When Brian Kelly came in, there were, it was before the bowl game, it was like 39 guys, but then a bunch of them graduated. It was 25 guys on scholarship. This is a team that did not have the depth to win this game. We were starting two freshmen on the offensive line. We didn't have the depth at linebacker. Cornerback depth wasn't, uh, like, defensive back depth uh, wasn't great. Most of the depth wasn't great. This was not a team, and especially defensively, that was deep enough to win an SEC championship. This was a team that wasn't deep enough to win nine games in most seasons. This is a team that never should have been in the situation it was. This was a team that was projected to win seven games, maybe, at best, coming into this season. The expectations were low. They overperformed expectations beyond anyone's wildest dreams. We all got caught up in this whole thing because, yeah, we beat Ole Miss, a team that was ranked and, okay, maybe was overrated, and Alabama, who's a damn good team. We did that. LSU did that in a year they were never supposed to do anything. In a year where they were potentially going to struggle to make a bowl game. Coming off of two of the worst years in the program's recent history. Where they looked like they had hit rock bottom. There's a lot to be proud of with this year. And with this team. A reminder that also... They lost their best pass rusher on the first drive of the first game due to a freak injury. A freak injury to Mason Smith. This team could have been even better. And this team was damn good. And this team fought damn hard. And you watch this game. And I watched this team over the past two years. And they'd have given up. I've seen them give up. I saw them give up. I saw them give up in games over the past two years where once it was over, they didn't really have any fight left in them and they kind of sort of stopped playing. They never did that once this year. It may be the Tennessee game, but even then in the Tennessee game, they were getting outmatched and it just sort of, the cracks were too many and it just shattered. But other than that, we never should have been that close in the Florida State game the way we were playing. And we drove 99 yards down the field and were an extra point away from tying it and going to overtime. Uh, the AM game was just terrible, and I think we all know that. But in this game, a game where we were thoroughly outmatched, a game where we were getting absolutely destroyed and a game which could have been just horribly demoralizing where we had to put our backups in in the second half, they never stopped fighting. They never gave up. They never gave in. They forced Georgia to continue to play them tough, 
they kept throwing punches even when the game was out of reach. They did things that are indicative of LSU football. That's what I think LSU football is. It is that toughness. It is that grit. It is that willingness to fight it out at the end, even when things are out of reach. Even when, you know, there is no chance. Or it feels like there's no chance. Because you always have a chance. Because it's football. You look at what Brian Kelly's done, he's already instilled somewhat of a culture. And there's more to come. One thing also about Brian Kelly, this is not the same Brian Kelly everyone was used to. Brian Kelly, the guy who was famous, who last year made a joke about executing his players, you know, trying to make that little reference, and who's now come to be the guy who will not throw a guy under the bus. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He threw himself under the bus. He was willing to say when his team was outcoached, he was willing to say that that's what happened. When he made a mistake or when his team, when his staff made a mistake, he was willing to say that they made a mistake. Willing to admit to faults. Willing to do the things that were necessary and to be an understanding person because he's recognized what the situation is. He's not a complete idiot. He knows what the mess is. He knows that he cannot blame players. There's no reason to blame players. Because you're lucky that you have players. And they've all bought into this. Or at least the majority of them. You managed to do that in a year. Managed to get LSU to the SEC championship game with the probably one of the least talented rosters that this team has had go to an SEC championship game. Had them get there early and do all of these amazing things. It sucks that LSU's going to end the season on a two-game skid, but let's not forget how we got here and what we did and what LSU did just the entire season. Managed to make people believe in a roster of mostly nobodies where there really wasn't but one or two outstanding players that they were a threat for the college football playoff despite having two losses. That was a thing that happened. This is a team that has a chance to get to 10 wins. This is a team that has a chance to get to 10 damn wins on the season with a bowl game. That's incredible. And we should not let that uh, no, go past. This next month is going to be important. It's going to be vital. It is going to be crucial for the future of LSU football. Recruiting and locking down recruits and building for next season. That's what this month is about. So we'll see where that goes. But as for this season... It was a hell of a ride. It was a hell of a way to see it all. Um, Yes. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Two Point Conversion. There will be an episode of the Two Point Conversion coming out on Tuesday following Monday Night Football Saints-Bucks. That game's going to be an absolute mess. Um, I will also make an announcement during 
that episode, so stay on the lookout for that. But um, yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, the usernames are in the description below. Um, I have nothing else to say except for that this has been the Two Point Conversion. I've been Ben Schluter. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your uh, little week stuff. And until next time, bye-bye.